Proverbs 18, 20 and 21, a man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. I want to preach tonight part two of what I feel that God spoke to me this week for this church for this weekend. This morning, it was about our works. Tonight, it's about speak life. Speak life. And I believe if the church of the living God can ever get their works and their words right, watch out. Can we close our eyes, lift our hands to heaven, and let's just open up our spirit. Tell God, please speak to me. I will listen. Just just really, just open your mouth right now and just really talk to God and open up your heart for what the Spirit would say. Oh God, please speak to us that we'll know how to speak. Please speak your word to us that we'll know how to speak our words. All for your kingdom. Let it be in Jesus' name and can the church shout amen. Amen. God bless you as you're seated. Thank you, the tremendous worship and everyone that, that makes this church what it is. I, we honor you, and I mean that. I need to start with a disclaimer tonight, and I, I can't, my voice won't do what a lot of, of voices do for these disclaimers, because you'll hear an advertisement, and then at the end of it, you hear things like, and, and then if you would read that, then basically it's, it's saying, yes, this is what we're going to do. This is what the product is. But if you're breathing, it's not for you. If you're walking, it's not for you. If you're. And so this disclaimer, before I speak about the power of speaking life, we must understand speaking life alone is not enough. We can consistently speak health, but if our main diet is sugar and carbs, and believe me, I have, I have eaten meals that instead of saying, Lord, bless this to my body, I should have said what the Christian comedian said, Lord, please change the molecular structure of of this food because there was absolutely no way that that could be blessed to my body. We can consistently speak about financial blessing, but unless we tithe and give offerings and budget and save and seek a moderate lifestyle, then good luck with those finances. That's, you know, at some point the church is going to, is, is going to awaken to the fact that there are atheists that are doing good financially because there are just some principles to finances. We can consistently speak kingdom fulfillment, but unless we live, James 1.22, be ye doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. We clearly see how some of the most faithful people to church can be the most deceived, because we hear but we do not move into doing. So I'm through with the disclaimer now. We're going to get to speaking life. Because speaking life is incredibly important, and unless we learn how to speak life, please hear me, we will never be victorious. 
Never. Proverbs 18, 20, 21, again, a man's belly shall be satisfied. In other words, the man's inner being, his spirit, will never be satisfied with the fruit, shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So we're talking tonight about speaking life. Speaking life is a major part of living a God-pleasing life. If you were not here Wednesday night, you need to get the recording or go online and, and watch it. Pastor was, was teaching, and it was a great lesson. I love to hear the man teach, and he was teaching on a point about keep. And he read Psalms 34, 13 through 14, and when he read it, I just kind of had that witness of the Spirit, okay, you are on for Sunday night. And this is what he read. Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. And then uh, it was a great lesson, but the end of his lesson, whenever he went down those points about the part of describing a church bully, it was priceless. It needs to be a, it needs to be a big refrigerator magnet. It's what it, it needs to be. Just, if you didn't hear it, get it, listen to it, and make sure you're not on that list. Speaking life is incredibly important. Melanie's, Melanie's back. She's been ministering. Her and Kendra were ministering the last three days in another state, and she's back, and, and, uh, her dad, I wish you, you all could have met my dad and her dad. So we'll introduce them to you in heaven. The, those of us that are going, we, we, we will. You know, it is optional. I don't have time to preach that. It, it would be dangerous. Um, her, her father was just a prince of a man. He was a kind man. He... Um, he, he owned a Ford dealership, and those of you that don't like Fords, don't hold that against me. But he, he owned a Ford dealership, and he took care of missionaries, pastors. Uh, it was amazing what the man did. And he was just so kind, and he, he came down with cancer. And so he was fighting cancer and had fought it for several months at this point. And so he started hurting very badly. And he needed to go to the doctor. And I said, I said, Pop, I'll, I'll take you to the doctor. So we get in my old black Ford Tempo. And, and I drive him to uh, the doctor. And the doctor pushes around on him. He says, Ken, you, you better go to the hospital. Well, we didn't know that he would never come out of the hospital. When I drove him to the hospital and we walked in, I didn't know that he would never walk out. And, but I was about to run out of gas. And so I said, Hey, Pop, I need to pull in and get some gas. So I pull in. I'm out getting gas. He gets out of the car and he walks around and he's, he's leaned up on the trunk and he says, uh, He said, Son, I, I really love you. And I said, Pop, man, I, don't, I mean, I love you. I don't even have, you know, I don't even have words to tell you how much I love you. It's, it was literally like, it was literally, my dad passed away years and years ago, and it was literally like my dad came back in another body. I mean, there's, there's just no way to describe the connection 
that me and Ken Brady had. But then he looked at me and he said something so uncharacteristic of him. He said, but there's one thing that concerns me about you. I'm filling up the car with gas. I said, well, what's that? He said, your mouth. Your mouth. He said, I'm afraid that your mouth is going to get you into a mess someday that you're not going to get out of. Well, it would have been good if I would have heeded that warning. I'm, I'm still hearing the words of my father-in-law, and I'm still working on that. Do I have any brothers and sisters in the building that you're working on it also? Okay. All right. Those of you that aren't having to work on it, you just please oblige all, all of us who, who are. It's amazing how much a doctor can tell about us by saying, open your mouth, stick out your tongue, and taking that stick and sticking it in your mouth and pushing down and getting that flashlight in there. Because they can tell that if there's a growth or a white spot on our tongue, then we could be in trouble with cancer. They can also look in our mouth and see the health of our our teeth. There's just a lot that can be told about our health by looking at our mouth. The truth is our words reveal the real us. And our words show what is in the heart. And it may take a while for it to be revealed. But it's, it's going to happen and it's, it's going to come out. Luke 6.45 says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. Now, there have been times when I've said, oh, I, I didn't mean to. Have you ever said something and you wished you could grab it and shove it back in your mouth? But it's gone. Once it's said, it's gone. And there have been times I've said, oh, I didn't mean to say that. Well, that really wasn't the truth. Really, what the truth was, I, I didn't mean for you to hear how I really feel. Because I was, I was trying to, to keep that down and, and, and deal with it and get forgiven of it. And get the Spirit to work it out of me. Be, but, but before the Holy Spirit got it, my human spirit launched it. Make no mistake about it, our words are the billboard for our heart. And many times much more is being revealed than we ever really intended. So I'm just going to give a couple of uh, three, as a matter of fact, just, just three points about the tongue and our words and speaking life. And I believe that somebody's life is going to be changed forever because of the Word of God. Words reveal. Yes, they, they do. They, they do. They reveal our heart. Our words uh, are our revelation. We, we reveal. I, I have often used this example, and I, and I hope that this won't be a problem since Sister Harpole's not here. Maybe it'll dry by the time it, she gets back. But if, if you get hit, if I get hit and, 
and the water goes out, why did the water go out? Because it was in there. And all it took was bumping it. And we go through life, and I'll tell you when we will know the most about us is when we're bumped. When we're bumped. Pay attention for when you're bumped. Because I promise you, I have had to repent about what has come out of me, and I don't mean five years ago, when I was bumped. Words reveal what's in our heart. Not only do words reveal, but they also kill. And let me get this one. This is the tough one. This is the only tough one we'll deal with tonight. And let me get it out of the way, but we, we have to, to deal with it. Please don't do this right now, but would you make a mental note to go to YouTube online and just, and just type in uh, words, plants, and fruit. Words, plants, and fruit. You're going to watch an experiment there that will absolutely make you watch it again. Whenever it shows how they take two of the same plants, take one apple, cut it in half, lay it open, other fruit, and they go by every day and they talk to one plant and they talk about how beautiful you are, plant. You are just a beautiful plant. I, I am so happy that you are here. And then they go to the other, you ugly plant. I hope you die. And literally they talk to plants and fruit. And at the end of so many days, you will be astounded at the difference. It's the power of words. Words kill. Our country is literally being torn apart now with words, with hatred between parties. It's, it's a dreadful situation. And then there are people that, that I, I think that maybe they mean well, but they're literally so gruff that they never get the opportunity to have deep relationships because they open their mouth and words push people away from them. Some people kill with sarcasm and humor. They, they cloak it. It's, it's cloaked lethal words in, in that manner. And I promise you that, that some humor can kill and sarcasm can, can kill. I promise you that words kill on a regular basis. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look. A lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, but then number seven is he that soweth discord among brethren. Words fuel discord. We, we cannot cause discord without words. Proverbs 16, 27 and 28. An ungodly man diggeth up evil in his lips. There is a burning fire. A froward man soweth strife. And a whisperer separateth chief friends. In other words, it's saying that a perverse man plants contentions. And a slanderer divides chief friends. A perverse man 
plants contention. It's amazing to me how some people can become jealous of friendships and begin to plant contentions and questions in the minds of someone's friend. It's amazing. It's it's literally devilish is what it is. I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, you're demon-possessed, but I definitely am saying that, that if I do that, I am dealing with a spirit, an evil spirit. Proverbs 18, 6 and 8, A fool's lips enter into contention, and his mouth calleth for strokes. A fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are the snare of his soul. The words of a talebearer are as wounds, and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. We see that in Proverbs 18. In Proverbs 26, starting with the 22nd verse, it picks right back up and repeats that. The words of a talebearer are as wounds. They go down to the innermost part of the belly. Burning lips and a wicked heart are like a potsherd covered with silver Draws. He that hateth dissembleth with his lips and layeth up deceit within him. When he speaketh fair, believe him not, for there are seven abominations in his heart. Whose hatred is covered by deceit, his wickedness shall be shewed or showed before the whole congregation. When we, when we move with deceit, the clock is ticking. Because that one day it will be shown. James 3, 1 through 10. I know I'm giving you several verses tonight, but this is a serious matter. My brethren, be not many masters or teachers, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation, for in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man. If, if I do not offend with my words, then I have, I am a perfect man. You say, is perfect without any fault? No. Perfect is speaking of mature, grown up, um, in, in the word. And able also to bridle the whole body. Bridle the whole body. Now we think about horses. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us and we turn about their whole body. What we need in our mouth is a bit that the Holy Spirit is holding the reins. That's what we must have. I'm just preaching this morning, and I'm preaching tonight, again, those of you that were not here, because I feel very strongly about this church, that we will go from dimension to dimension, and it's not just the next dimension that we're after, we're after a continuation of dimensions, but we know that unless we speak life, then all we will do is experience what we've experienced tonight and different levels of what we've experienced tonight will be the cap. Unless we learn and continue to speak life. Behold also the ships which, though they be so great and are driven by fierce winds, Yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whether soever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire. 
It's a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. Those are some of the strongest words in the Word of God. And it's about our tongue. For every kind of beast and of birds and serpents and of the things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. Man can tame all of these animals, but the tongue can no man tame. It's an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith, with this tongue, we bless God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Has anyone thought lately how hard it is not to gossip? It's hard. I'm not just setting you up. I'm, I'm telling you, it's hard not to gossip. It is, it's very hard and it's getting harder now because of our electronic communication. Because now we know more about each other than, than we, my dad and mom's generation. They didn't have to deal with knowing so much about everybody. But now it's just all out there and, and it becomes very, very hard not to gossip. It's hard. I'm, I'm admitting it. It's, it's hard. Pastor was teaching in his, in his lesson Wednesday night and he talked about how God told Joshua to have the children of Israel to march around Jericho seven times, right? On the seventh day, seven times, correct? And Joshua added, and don't talk. Don't talk. God didn't say, Joshua, have them march around and have them all to put a, a muzzle on their mouth. God did not say that. God gave the direction and Joshua remembered what happened years ago. Joshua knew that there were men that that were entrusted with spying out, not, not if they could take the land, but how they could take the land. But the men allowed fear, and they came back, and with their mouth, they launched fear into all of the people. And Joshua watched man after man and woman after woman be buried in the wilderness. And he had to have been looking at those bodies as they were being lowered in the ground or however they buried them. And he had to be thinking, that is unnecessary. Another unnecessary death. We buried another one and it was unnecessary. That did not have to happen. Those kids did not have to lose their father or mother. It was not God's will, but they could not speak life. And therefore, they had to die. And so Joshua said, it may have happened once, but it's not going to happen again. So God said, march. And I'm saying, don't talk. Just don't talk. So we see that words reveal. And we see that words kill. But thank God, I'm now at the point in this message that I wanted to get to. The last point. Words heal. 
words can heal. It's amazing the healing that a heart felt, I'm sorry, it was my fault. The healing that that delivers is absolutely amazing. If, if we can ever get totally honest before God and open ourselves up for God to really show us what we are. I'm not talking about praying those prayers, you know, God, if I've done anything wrong or, or God, if you see anything in my heart, that those are cop out prayers. Unless we pray that at the end of saying, God, I lied. God, I'm envious. God, I'm covetous. God, I'm, I'm having a problem with my eyes. God, I'm unfaithful. God, after we work down all of that, then we can get to the point and say, now, God, if there's anything that I missed, it's amazing what happens when we speak to God about our wrongs and we go to him and use our words and the power of repentance and what our God does for us when we speak life to him about what we've done wrong. And even though that is powerful, then when we go to another human and we look him in the eye and we don't say, brother, sister, if I've ever done anything to offend you, that's another cop out usually. And we just look at somebody and say, I'm sorry, I should have never said that about you. I was wrong. I was absolutely wrong. At the point that happens, that's what's heard. That's what's seen. But what's unseen is the healing that starts to happen in both people. It's a healing that, that so many need. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. And words can heal. You see, we must understand that we are made in the image of God. Therefore, we have creative power in our words. God spoke this world into existence. And then He formed man. And we have the creative power power of God in our words. And church, I'm telling you, young people, I'm telling you, we have power to heal with our words. Matthew 5, 43 and 45. You have heard that it hath been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you and do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. Anybody who thinks that's easy to live, I would like for you to explain to me how easy that is to live. I'd like to pray for them. Absolutely. I would like to pray that, you know, they uh, might be put in a position to where I won't have to see them anymore. And God can just do that any way he wants to because he's a good God and he has a lot of means. Yes, yes. Now talking about that kind of prayer. One of the hardest prayers to pray and, and who has taught me more about this than anyone is Melanie. And one of the hardest prayers to pray is praying as she teaches that you pray by name for your enemies every day that they will be blessed. You say, how in the world do you do that? Well, I can tell you this, it's not easy. But I can also tell you this, when we do it, we're speaking life. 
Even if it's not speaking life into them, it's speaking life in a manner that's keeping death from us. Proverbs 15, 1 and 4, a soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. The tongue of the wise useth knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. And I believe that the greatest single contributing factor to anger is the tongue. And while grievous words stir up anger, soft responses turn it away and can bring healing. I'm preaching tonight one of the hardest things to do. There's a reason why my father-in-law said to me, the thing that worries me about you is your mouth. There's a good reason why. Because he had seen me and my mouth. And there have been things that I said in front of him and in other situations and, and all of this that, that his, his eyebrows kind of went up and he, he was thinking sometimes, uh, what spirit did my daughter marry and bring into this house? It's, it's not an easy thing at all. But in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus taught us to resolve disputes through the healing process of reconciliation and negotiation and humility rather than by retaliation or vengeance. Pride causes a person to be extremely defensive and to respond in harshness, but humility speaks softly. Soft answers are like a healing balm. Now let me just stop right here and, and let me say something. Now, the Bible talks about reproof, exhortation. It talks about correction. In Matthew 18, it, it lines out very clearly how to handle if somebody offends you. All of that is speaking life. I'm not, I'm not saying that, that we just sit back and, and if somebody is, is sowing discord in the church or destroying your family with their mouth or whatever, that you just sit back and you just say, well, I'm going to speak, God bless you, God bless you. No, there are things that have to be handled. But even in reproof, we speak life if it's with the right spirit, with, with the goal of reconciliation. Proverbs 10, 18, and 20 again. He that hideth hatred with lying lips, and he that uttereth slander is a fool. In the multitude of words there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. The tongue of the just is a choice silver. It is a choice silver. In the multitude of words, have, have, you, ever, have you ever been dealing with something and, and then you feel yourself starting to get worked up? And, and you, you feel it starting and, and the wise thing to do would just go like this. I was in a meeting one day with... It was back whenever I was a, um, the sectional youth leader. And so all of the youth leaders in Louisiana was, we were working on youth camps. And, and man, somebody said what, what I thought was the most ridiculous thing. I could not believe anybody that considered themselves a leader could say something that ridiculous. 
And, and I, I did pretty good with that one. And then, lo and behold, another person picked the ball up and started running with it. And so finally, I sat there and I just went, Ugh! Ugh! And, they, and they started looking at me. And I said, the Holy Ghost is trying to get me to bite my tongue. Because I think you guys are crazy. Ugh! Sometimes the best thing you can do is do a little, don't add that I think you're crazy. That, that, was, that, was, that was the flesh again. That, that was that stuff. 1 Peter 1, 8 through 10. Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful. Be courteous. Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise blessing. Knowing that ye are thereunto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips, that they speak no guile. Proverbs 18, 21, 20 and 21 again. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. It's that inner man, and we must speak wisely. And when we speak wisely, it brings inner satisfaction. The increase of our lips speaks of the productivity of wholesome words. And genuine fulfillment comes from learning how to control one's tongue and speaking pure, productive words. And this, my brothers and sisters, is very hard work. But I felt very directed that the word for this church at this time on this day was about our works and about our words. Because I believe that, that this church is very inviting. And as we watch the construction out front, we know that it's even going to become more inviting. But the campus will not be the deciding factor in God doing what He desires to do in this part of Indiana. It will be works and it will be words that will decide that. God-glorifying works and God-glorifying words. There is no substitute for the power of speaking His words. There is no substitute to the power of us putting His words in our words and literally speaking His words. Those of you that are teaching Bible studies, keep teaching Bible studies because... Every time you sit in a home and you open up Scripture, you are speaking life into the atmosphere. You prayer warriors, keep, keep warring in prayer. In my opinion, two of the most important people on the planet are Bible study teachers and prayer warriors because of the life that they speak into the atmosphere. But what a great change could happen in the lives of those in our homes, our neighborhoods, our schools, jobs, and church if we would just choose to speak life and not speak death. 
I read a story. I wish I had all of the details of it. I just remember that, that the one, one uh, student in a school years later wrote a note to his teacher. And he said that I had planned to take my life that day, but I was walking out of the class and you looked at me and you spoke a word to me and you stood there and you talked to me and you gave me the strength I needed to keep living. One conversation saved a life. One. One conversation where somebody spoke life. There's a friend of our family. Her name's Hannah. She lives in Arkansas, and she did her dissertation, I believe it was, in college on, on fatherlessness. And she had it all mapped out with, with so much research that, that the trajectory of a young person's life was totally changed based on one consistent, intentional conversation each month by one person. And then she gave the numbers of how much more it increased if they would have two conversations a month. And then how much it would increase if they would have a conversation every week. Four intentional conversations with people that, with young people that their life was tracking to prison, literally, was totally changed when somebody just looked them in the eye and intentionally took time with them and spoke life into them. When I tell you that there is power in our words, I mean that there are there is great power in our words. We must never forget, no matter what you think of yourself, and, and one thing that many people need to do is, is quit talking down to yourself. You, you are God's creation. We, we all have mistakes. We all have things that, that we wish we would have done different. We, we have things that we wish were different about our life right now. But we are God's crown creation and God put creative power in our words. And this world needs somebody that will speak life. I'll tell you, you need somebody that will speak life to you and you don't have to keep waiting for somebody else and keep sinking because someone else is not speaking uh, life to you. Go find you a mirror, shut the door, and start speaking life into yourself. Don't wait for somebody else to encourage you. Encourage yourself. Get some good scripture, look in the mirror, read it, and say, that's for you. And here's another one. And read it. That one was for you too. And call your own name and speak life into yourself. We need to speak life into our families. We need to speak life wherever we go. And we must speak life on the new life campus because God is calling us to be people that create what he wants created with the power of our words. Works that glorify him and his words of life through us. 
that will win our homes and that will win our relationships and that will lead us to greater fulfillment. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I'm going to bless the Lord. And it's not just going to be on Sunday morning. It's not just going to be on Sunday night. I'm, I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. And His praise is going to continually be in my mouth. There's just not... See, we got to start living like this. This, this is how we've got to live. I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. I'm going to bless the Lord in the good times. I'm going to bless the Lord in the bad times. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to bless the Lord at all times, and His praise is going to continually be in my mouth. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. But Terry, you don't know what I'm going through. No, I, I've had some bad days. I promise you that. Our family's had some bad days. We've, we've got some bad ones ahead of us. You know why? Because it's called life. We live in a fallen world. We're fallen mankind. This thing's not ever going to get fixed here. Quit thinking that it is. It's not going to get fixed here. But we can decide to be people that say, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth for this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will make the choice to rejoice and be glad in it. It's time for somebody to choose to rejoice even before what you're praying for gets answered. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable unto thee, O Lord, my what? My strength. My what else? My Redeemer. I'll tell you how I'm going to respond to my strength and my Redeemer. I love my wife. She is not my strength and she is not my ultimate strength and she is not my ultimate Redeemer. I'll tell you who is. God is. And as I've said many times, there's a lot of human relationships that are being crashed because we're expecting from a human inside our house that can, the strength that can only come from God. It's time somebody to look at the people in your house and say, I am so sorry that I have been expecting you to be God. I finally have awakened to realize that you're not God. He is God. Therefore, I will bless the Lord at all times. And His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. And then what does he say? Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. 
I'm not just trying to be emotional right now. I'm speaking the words of God. I'm speaking deliverance right now into the atmosphere. That somebody, it's not just going to be when somebody lays their hand on your forehead. It's going to be when you lay your hand on your own forehead. And you say, I'll tell you what I will do. I am the head. I am not the tail. So I'm going to quit acting like the tail. And I'm going to start acting like the head. And I choose. I choose. I choose to bless the Lord at all times. And there is death and life in the power of the tongue. And I will eat what I create. We will eat what we create. Because God has put creative power in our mouths. And this church, it's time for us to take our works to another level that all of our works are to glorify God and it's time that our words glorify God and it's time for us to see the power of God do what only the power of God can do.